0: Welcome, everyone, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast Monday Edition. Dominic, we're here with the with the with the nice little new touch to the audio. How are you feeling, my friend? Start of a brand new week in a brand new era. Below Average hey, Joe's.
1: Let me tell you, know you sound ultra crispy today coming through my ears, and I'm hoping we sound the same to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we talked about it on. Friday and here we are Monday our new setups have arrived another evolution of the podcast as we continue to grow Um, so it's it's great it feels good to be in the studio with you today 138 episodes deep and there's just no signs of slowing down if I'm being honest with you Noah so uh, how are you how was your weekend it's fantasy football Sunday we got some games Mm -hmm. starting soon so we're getting the podcast recording in early are you ready for some football 100%.
0: 100%. I feel like we talk more about football sometimes on this podcast than <laughs> MMA. But you know what? It is football season. And NFL That's Sunday hard. is starting as we're recording. Um within the within the hour, I should say, yes. is when it's starting. Yes. And I'm a big Bengals fan. So who day? To all my Cincinnati Bengals fans out there, all 12 of us. <laughs> um Dominic, I know you don't have a team that you cling to, correct?
1: This is true. The only team I cling to is the dominators in both of my fantasy leagues, my friends. That, so that's yeah.
0: you know, Dominic, I'm not sure if I admire that or if I find that pathetic. But, anyways, let's get into our fight announcements today. righty <laughs> let's do
1: it.
0: Fuck. <laughs> Start with November 6th, UFC 268. We know how stacked that card is from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. Two stacked because the MMA god said. Mm-hmm. We give it and then we take it away. As Jermaine Durandamy is now out of her scheduled bout with Irene Aldana. none unclear if Aldana will stay on the card or if they'll right. move the fight. I have an inkling they'll probably just move the fight. Mm-hmm. That card's already so stacked, like you don't really have to force some kind of lopsided matchmaking there with Aldana against some late replacement. But what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was a good fight. Essentially, you could view it as a maybe number one contender. You never really know in this division. But for Aldana, especially someone that would be a fresh matchup, potentially for the champion in Nunes or Juliana Pena. Again, we're not overlooking when that fight happens, but I digress. Uh, So it it was a good fight. It's an interesting stylistic clash because both are so good on the feet. So uh, GDR, obviously the world-class Muay Thai striker, goes down with an injury. Hopefully it's nothing too serious maybe we can get that rebooked before the end of the year because it does have big implications for both of those ladies and that top five of the Bantamweight division. So Mm -hmm. get well soon for GDR. Hopefully we see that one come together.
0: Sure. Um, December 4th, we have a rebooking. Actually, this fight was supposed to happen on October 2nd. Kind of quietly just got rebooked here, and that's Jimmy Crute and Jamal Hill, Mm -hmm. the two biggest up-and-comers from the light heavyweight division. I'm not going to call them prospects. Those guys, I think, have uh, uh, crashed through the glass ceiling, if you will. Right, but definitely up and comers still. Young guys, both fighting through some adversity here. You got Jimmy Crouse, who got his ankle numbed by the uh, calf kicks of Anthony Smith, or something. I don't know. I don't know what really happened there. That's true. And then Jamal Hill got his arm torn out of place, which ended up not being torn, I guess. But his arm popped out of place and flapping in the wind as he got elbowed in the face. So,
1: How there was no serious injury there, I still do not know.
0: Yeah, so we got two guys coming off of what should have been pretty serious injuries, but it seems like maybe weren't the most serious of injuries. But regardless, glad fight's still happening. Even though I'm not always a fan <clears throat> of putting two right. of your bigger, I guess, up-and-comers against one another this early. I do think that there's a chance that one of these guys may start to kind of fizzle out. Um, Both coming in here off losses. uh, Neither one looking all that great in our last fights against proven commodities of the light heavyweight division. I just could see the winner of this fight really being the one that kind of gets the promotion behind them and the loser kind of starting to fade off a little bit. Just saying, I still love both these guys and think the talent's there. But, you know, it's the light heavyweight division has improved a lot over the last couple of years, so it's not quite the cakewalk it used to be.
1: Right, 100%. And like you said, you know, the winner could be the one that the UFC really starts to get behind for the loser. Not necessarily out of anything, but definitely going to be a slower push moving forward uh, forever who comes out of that, the loser. But, yeah, both great young um, fighters there it should be a really fun one for the fans however long it lasts because those two come to bang
0: mm-hmm. last one here december 11th ufc 269 this is a great fight yes this is an immaculate fight andre muñez he's now ranked number 13 he's going up against Dricus duplessis now this fight is a battle of two up up and comers in some ways for sure but I can't help it, man. I love this fight. Uh, Andre Munez, this is the guy who just submitted and tore the forearm in half yep. of Jocker Souza. That was a bat a battle that I really thought actually favored Jockare at this point, because to both guys who really depend on their jujitsu in a lot in a lot of their fights. And when you're going up against a Jocare and you're quite the jujitsu practitioner, that's usually a losing battle. But Munez beat him with the jujitsu, which was just uber impressive. Yes. Then in the other end, you got Drikus, who I think it was Trevin Giles he knocked out in his last fight. I don't know. Yep. I can't remember if it was Trevin Giles or Trevin Jones. I think it was Trevin Giles.
1: One of the two Trevins.
0: Yeah, I think it's Trevin Giles. But that was a battle of two prospects in a lot of ways. And Drickus looked fantastic on the feet. The dude's a brute. He lands mm-hmm. with power. He lands with authority. So I think you got a really fun matchup here between two guys that bring different styles, but ultimately neither one's going to want to back down from the other because they're both really trying to make splashes here in the division.
1: Yeah. And you would think it's almost like they kind of have strengths in the other guy's weaknesses. Not that either of them <clears throat> aren't well-rounded. They are, but Andre of course is the fantastic jujitsu ace. Obviously if you submit Ray Sosa, that says a lot about your skills mm-hmm. in that area. And for Drickus, a great wrestler and grappler but carries a lot of power gets a lot of knockouts so i'll be curious to see kind of how they may or may not cancel each other out who's going to get the upper hand definitely a huge um battle between very big prospects there especially on that big card a big opportunity for both guys to get their name out there and for Drickous, he can crack into the top 15 if andre wins he can begin to look into the top 10 big fight i love it
0: Mm -hmm. So that's going to wrap it up for the fight announcements. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. Gable Steveson. Let's do it. I don't think there's been anybody that's quite dominated a free agency like Gable Steveson. I mean, this guy was using the social media to Mm -hmm. to toss feelers out for every promotion from East to West Coast. Um, He was meeting with Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Scott Coker. And I guess he never did actually meet with Dana White, but was supposed to meet with Dana White. Um so this guy made it very clear that he he highly values his talent and he was going to mm-hmm. treat himself as such here in this free agency period. He has made his decision. He is signing with World Wrestling Entertainment, How WWE. And you know it's probably a, a decent move on his part. Um not saying that he couldn't come right in and make a big splash in MMA right away, but I would assume that the pay uh, to in professional wrestling would be higher. Ultimately, you're working a lot more days a year, but right. I, mean, I don't know how to pay works there, but I'm just saying you're working all these days a year. I'm sure you're going to make more money than most MMA fighters do. So good for him there. And there's always the chance down the road that yeah, of course. he builds up his star power. And this is why the headline says the next Brock Lesnar question mark, because not only are these two, powerhouse wrestlers that came from the university of minnesota but also both gonna start in the wwe build their stardom up and maybe just maybe gable Stevenson finds his way into an octagon at some point however i kind of questioned the ufc for this decision and at first i didn't because when it first happened i went well that makes sense the ufc saying they want this guy to like kind of go prove it on the circuit and then maybe come in on a ta- a uh, contender series contract but i realized that the ufc's actually signed people to like um, i don't know what you call it, like a prospect deal before that's this is the kind yeah. of deal that uh, greg hardy got that mckenzie dern got where they were basically signed into the ufc but they were still being put on like lfa cards and stuff when they first started So I kind of question why the UFC didn't push harder to sign Gable Stevenson because considering how the UFC is always, you know, very sound with their money, you would think that it would make more sense to try to get this guy while his stock is at least lower than what it could be once he really builds up his star power in WWE. So I actually think it's a bit of an oversight by the UFC here to miss out on this opportunity, but you know, you can't, you don't know for sure. The WWE can almost guaranteed make this guy a star if they really want oh, him to be. Yeah. UFC doesn't have that kind of cushion.
1: 100%. Man, I mean, for Gable, obviously, it seems he made the best decision for himself financially, short term, long term, whatever the case. I mean, he's <clears throat> 23 years old. This guy has so much time ahead of him to continue building his star power as he already has done. Like Noah said, Have we ever seen someone dominate free agency like this and be wanted and just a commodity for essentially everything in combat sports outside of boxing, I guess? Um, So shout out to him. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how the WWE will go about kind of building his brand, how they will go about his character, quote unquote. Uh, in the organization. And then, of course, obviously in the future, can he become what Brock, Les- Brock Lesnar became? We have the Minnesota Wrestling. We got that in check. Now, Gabe also has a gold medal to his name. So he's ahead mm-hmm. of Brock in that aspect. So if he goes into WWE, <laughs> dominates for a few years, and potentially can still build his actual MMA skills on the side, I know it's a lot of work in the WWE, a lot of traveling and work. But uh, if he can, I think we're going to see this man in one of the prominent MMA organizations within the next few years, 100%. And for that, I'll just be very excited to see where he is now is already huge and what he can become in the future. Gable Stevenson, he's on everyone's radars for quite some time.
0: Well, I guess I'll just throw out a devil's advocate point here, Dom, and see what your thoughts are on it, because I think we're being super positive about Gable Stevenson right now. But do you think this move, in terms of – you know, and I'm not saying he should consider this, but this is, we're an MMA podcast. So at the end of the day, we focus on the MMA side of things. So because of that, does this move ultimately, no matter if he eventually comes to MMA or not in a few years, does this stunt his growth and his potential? And as, as an MMA fighter, uh, considering if he's not starting MMA now and like your point there, like when I heard that, when you're like, well, maybe he can work on those skills while he's out on the road. And I'm like, There's no way he's going to be able to do that. You know, he's got the rock solid wrestling, won an Olympic gold medal with it. Brock Lesnar, that was all he really had when he came to the UFC was his wrestling. You know, the guy hated being punched in the face and um, wasn't much of a striker, but, you know, just such a powerhouse of a man that, you know, he was able to really make it work. Does that kind of the same thing you're going to see with Gable Stevenson? Like a very just centralized skill set but not exactly a well-rounded fighter if he ever comes to the UFC.
1: I'm glad you played a little devil's advocate there Noah. So, yeah, you would think it's obvious no, he cannot really work much on MMA skills being in the WWE um and it's just I think in that instance it does hurt him in the long term if he does want to come or eventually get into MMA in terms of when you look at when Brock came, it was so much different and it not easy, but it was so much easier for Brock to launch in at that point in the sport than what it would be for Gable. Now you look at this heavyweight division and the well-roundedness of these top five, top 10, even top 15 guys. It's a whole different ball game now for Gable to come in than what it was for Brock back in the day. Uh, And granted Brock was just this huge guy that had power and I'm sure Gable has power, but still, once you get in there with all the other elements of MMA, it's just such a different world. So in that instance, yes, I think it does heard him a little in terms of maybe what his goals are if he really does want to make a push in MMA one day.
0: I don't even think that it's the it, it, there is a talent evolution, you know. These heavyweights are just a lot more well-rounded today, at least overall from consensus standpoint. But I think it's more just a level of athlete in general that the that MMA has been able to bring in. mm mm-hmm. Mhm you go back to when Brock came in around what 2007 2008 you know some of the guys that were competing at the top were not exactly um, the most athletic of individuals you know guys that might have power they might have a wrestling skill set or a boxing skill set but they were flabby you know fat right. dudes and um, Brock Lesnar comes in and he is this Brick freak house. of a man. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he kind of squashed a lot of the people that he fought. I mean, you know, I, I think that uh it would it won't be quite you're right, it won't be not that it was necessarily easy for Brock. I mean he was kind of given an an easier route, but I mean the guy at the end of the day did have to beat Randy Couture, he did have to beat Heath Herring, he did have to beat Frank Mir. Yeah. So I mean, he has legit. It's, it's, I mean, he's got legitimate wins, but he was kind of given the path by the UFC to make. sure. Sh- I mean, he won one fight in the UFC, and they were like title shot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, with that being said, I don't think Gable Stevenson quite has that level. I don't like. I, it's hard for me to imagine that guy yeah. ever really being able to replicate that, just because I think the UFC's just evolved so much since then that. Yeah, I don't know if they'll really need to do that with a guy like Gable Stevenson when they have other guys in their promotion that might be very popular by then and uh, have their backing. So, you know, I I I part of me thinks if I had to bet now, since I've been I I told you Dom I've been listening to the MMA beat recently, which was a show ran through MMAfighting.com dot com back in like twenty twelve up until about 2018 or so. So I've been starting from the beginning and I find it very interesting when these people kind of, they're like, Oh, will we ever see a a Floyd Mayweather type in MMA? Will there ever be that big of a star? We now know Conor McGregor has basically reached that. Yeah. But at the time, everybody was so pessimistic about it. So for that sake, for, for the people that are listening to this or watching this 10 years from now, this one's (laughs) for you. Yes. Yes. Gable Steveson will never fight in MMA. That's there my it is. that's my prediction. Heard so you guys can things. come back here and shit on me in 10 years. Anyways. <laughs>
1: fair, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Next headline here. Dominic, the Bantamweight division at Bellator has been shaken up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's because the current Bantamweight champion from Ryzen and... The former bantamweight champ from Bellator, Kyoji Horiguchi, has re-signed with Bellator. Apparently, the 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 details of this deal are still very interesting because he's going to remain the Ryzen bantamweight champion mm-hmm. and will apparently be defending. I guess because uh, Bellator and Ryzen have uh, at times done um
1: cross promotional
0: yeah they've done like cross promotional fights and that's the whole reason why Horiguchi became Bellator Bantamweight champ in the first place so now that the deal's been made pen's been put to the paper give me your thoughts on the signing and ultimately where does this place Horiguchi immediately into the Bantamweight rankings and is he next for is he the next title challenger right off the bat
1: yeah, I love this signing for Bellator. And, you know, we don't get to watch much of, like, Ryzen or one championship and all that because we're here in the States and the time differences are just too much. So we just get to see, like, a lot of highlights and whatnot. But a lot of people think that Horiguchi is one of, if not the best Bantamweight across all promotions in MMA. So the fact that he can now come back to Bellator where will get more domestic eyes on him as, as well as international, I think is a big deal. It's a big signing for Bellator. Their Bantamweight division is one of their better – Uh, divisions in their promotion right now. And I think, yes, it does put him right into title contention. And I want to point out, because we kind of mentioned this when we talked about it, when Hafian Stotts uh, fought Magomed Magomedov, he kind of hinted at, well, maybe I don't want to go right into the title because he's Mm -hmm. training partners with Sergio Pettis, and he hinted at like a Grand Prix and everything. (laughs) Or Horiguchi saying, well, shoot, I'll sign right now and go right in to become the (laughs) champion again. So it might align perfectly for him and Bellator's new big signing. But either way, this division is so stacked. You obviously have the former champ, too, and Juan Archuleta. So a lot of top-heavy guys in the in this division adding in a former champion in Horiguchi with a belt from another promotion. So you get that whole cross-promotion deal with potentially two titles, all that fun stuff. It's good times for Bellator. It has been all year, and I love everything about this signing. And to see Horiguchi now domestically, I'm very excited personally just to see him fight live.
0: Yeah, uh Horiguchi's signing here definitely puts him in contention for being the top pound-for-pound pound fighter in Bellator. Um, It's kind of a shame when he won the Bellator Bantamweight title, it was under contract that he would have to defend once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of the, the agreement because he was under contract with Ryzen at that point. But he got a pretty nasty injury a few months later. So they basically had to strip him. So he never did get to defend that Bellator bantamweight title. But Dominic, that means that he is technically um, the lineal bantamweight champion there, uh, since he never did lose the belt. Mm. So um, I definitely think, due to Rafael Stotts' comments, it couldn't have lined up any better for Jorge oh, here. To be honest, 100%. you got the the guy who made himself the number one contender basically say, "I don't know if I want the fight." Okay, Ryan. Right. <laughs> Um, and also I just love the idea of a Grand Prix. Now, I mean, bantamweight division is probably the best division Bellator has. I, I think and so. Man. Honestly, Bellator bantamweights becoming the best division in MMA, if not already is. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see a Grand Prix to kind of prove that talent. And um, you could totally fill that with eight of your top guys from Bellator. That would be amazing. I would love to see a Grand Prix, but in the meantime. Sergio Pettis, Kyoji Horiguchi, book it. It's going to happen. and It may just be the next title. Bro. That is a tough, tough first defense for a very much coming into his own Sergio Pettis, but a guy that's yeah. still got a lot of growth to do. Um, I That'll be a really tough fight, but I look forward to it if it, if, if and when it happens.
1: Oh, yeah. That's got to be the one for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So now we're going to move on to a little UFC uh, story here that coming off of that main event from last Saturday where Derek Brunson got a very dominant win over Darren Till, a lot has kind of came out about this fight in the aftermath, mostly about its two competitors and kind of what they were going through into the, coming into the octagon. After the fight, right away, Ali Abdelaziz comes out and says that Derek Brunson fought with torn cartilage and fractured ribs. That doesn't sound fun. No. (laughs) And then a couple days after, Darren Till's coach, I believe, comes out. It says that Darren Till tore his ACL nine weeks before this fight and ultimately basically fought with a torn ACL, therefore, that Saturday. So, Dominic, I'm going to focus on the Darren Till side of things here because ultimately he was the loser of this bout. And it's the more serious injury to be fighting with. Yeah. So the question here is, does this change anything in your eyes about the, not necessarily the result of the fight, but more how we treat, How does this change anything about how you think about Darren Till and kind of his future prospects in the division?
1: Well, first off, I do just want to say to your point, because you've done this before on the show, when people go into fights, very rarely are they 100%. And here's mm-hmm. another example of that right here. Uh, but yeah, for Darren Till, what what a guy, right? To go out there, he knew that this was built for him, essentially, in the United Kingdom, the the early time slot and everything. And he's like, you know what? I'm not doing it. I, he had pulled out of a fight prior. He hadn't fought in quite some time. This was the big opportunity. So massive respect to him. I just hope that, first off, no further damage what happened in the fight outside of the already torn ACL and in terms of his future, what does it do for him and his prospect status in that division as a contender? It remains to be seen, I guess, because now you got to think we're going to go quite some time before we see Darren till again. So his prime years are now really starting to take a strain here with these injuries. I mean, before this one, he hadn't fought since the Whitaker fight once, which was what last June or August of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So a whole year goes by. Now, again, it's probably going to be at least eight to ten, if not more than a year, because we know how those ACL injuries go. So I hate to see it for a guy that is such a character, such a personality, but can back it up in the octagon with his striking and such. So um, all the respect in the world of Darren Till. I just hope that the best of Darren Till is, has not happened yet. I hope we haven't missed that due to these injuries and what this injury will become. And then, of course, for Derek Brunson, if those injuries were for real as well, shout out to him for going out and still implementing a perfect game plan, getting the biggest win of his career. It's just crazy what these fighters go through, and ultimately for for our entertainment, it's it's crazy. Puts it into perspective. Yeah,
0: yeah that was an interesting uh, route you went with that one. That's not exactly what I thought you were uh, going to get into, but very valid points for sure. Um, I won't I won't even entertain. The the any sort of I haven't seen a lot of it, thankfully, but I won't even entertain it on the show. I won't even play a devil's advocate and ask you like, oh, does this diminish Derek Brunson's win? Fuck that. Two guys got in the cage that Saturday. Yeah, One guy won, did it in dominant fashion. That's all you can go off of. Yep. That's that's all that matters. But you are right. I've definitely said that multiple times and I stand by that. No fighter usually does go into the cage at hundred percent. That's why those Derek Brunson injuries don't surprise me, but my God, Darren till fighting on a torn ACL. If that's true, I almost have to question the people around him a little bit. I mean, he tore his ACL. You're telling me nine weeks before this fight. I mean, it's not like he stepped into the cage and tore his ACL in the beginning of the fight. That's that means a full thing. training
1: camp with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and lack thereof. You know, there was some comments yeah. made about his frame on Saturday. You know, maybe yeah. that he looked a little out of shape. I didn't necessarily get that, but I I see where people. I'm a big guy, so it's hard for me to really judge. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I just I definitely wasn't really focused on that aspect. I guess, but some people had that takeaway. Mm-hmm. Well, that would make a lot of sense that the guy basically couldn't train for the entire camp. Okay, no And none of, and I don't, and this doesn't diminish Derek Brunson's win in my opinion, but it just, man, it is a shame because there until you're right, when you really think about it, the amount of injuries he's had already in his relatively short UFC career, yeah. It's pretty astounding. And all of them very time consuming injuries. Yeah. They're not just long, smaller ones. Long layoffs and sometimes two fights having to pull out in a row. And you know, it that's that's a bit gutting for a young guy like Darren Till, who's constantly kind of got his back against the wall at this point and mm-hmm. is trying to fight through adversity, really trying to prove that he's one of the best. And that's just a lot to put on a guy's mental state and a lot to put on his shoulders. So hopefully Darren Till, you know, positive vibes is what I want to send to Darren Till. Oh, yeah. and hopefully he can recover well from this and get in there and prove it in his next bout. But, you know, that next bout's going to have a ton of pressure on him. Let's say it's, let's say it's today, a year from now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he loses that bout, I mean, we're talking a year ahead, but if he loses that bout, one in three in the division potentially, that's not going to be great when we're talking about that and you know so hopefully he can eventually whether it's a year from now or whatever get into like a a state of just being more active so yeah. I think that would be the best thing for him at this point but understandably if he tours acl can't exactly be the most active fighter in the world right now so it's disappointing um but what a fucking savage and honestly oh, I, question, yeah. I just question the people around him because i know darren till's a savage I don't need him to prove me he's this much of a savage. He shouldn't have fought yeah. if he had a torn ACL. Just it's crazy. Maybe some fighters, will, if they, if any fighter listens to this, maybe they scoff at me or roll their eyes. Like, come on, dude. Like, we all fight with go through shit. <coughs> I get it. I get that like fighters go into the cage with injuries. This is a torn ACL. This isn't just yeah, a
1: little, little different.
0: This isn't dinks and bruises. This is like a very serious injury. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was worth it. I mean, it, I guess in hindsight it wasn't, but at what cost? Now,
1: a great, great segue there, Noah.
0: Now we're on to the Contender Series. Uh, so this is kind of into our recap portion of the weekend recap.
1: We love fights on a Tuesday, Noah.
0: <laughs> Excuse me as I cough directly into your ears, listeners. <laughs> um, so week two of the Contender Series took place on Tuesday. And, um, just so I don't cough again, Dominic, you introduced kind of what your thoughts were on the fights and the contracts.
1: Fair enough. Uh, so we had a five fight night and there were three finishes, two split decisions, uh, much like last week, every single winner did receive a contract into the UFC, even the two with the split decision victories. So take for that what it's worth. I know Noah's going to have a little bit more to say on that than I will. But I'm going to kind of just discuss the guys that went out there and put on a clinic with their finishes. Uh, Josh Keenan knocked out Logan Urban, which was just brutal. He went right in from the get-go. It only took 47 seconds. Landed a shot. Uh, Funny enough, it was right after DC had went. Yeah, so uh, Logan Urban really believing in himself, thinks he's going to go out here and put on a performance, and then bam, he gets popped with a big shot, and the poor guy never even had a chance. He was just in survival mode, Uh, and Josh – inevitably got the finish there finished it with a brutal like elbow up on the fence too all these finishes that or at least most of them in the contender series are always such brutal fashion a lot of them are uh chidi and Jokuani, tko'd mario souza big he was a 32 years old already had a record of 19 and 7 so you don't see that very often uh in the ufc had been fighting in the lfa um like 20 fights in professional kickboxing. So one of the most experienced people that I've got to witness on that show went out there, took some brutal low blows in the first round, by the way. A point got deducted from his opponent, then implemented a great game plan in rounds two and three, and then ultimately got the finish in the third round with ground and pound. So uh, he looked good there, obviously got a contract. And then the other finish, uh, Carlos Vega, TKO'd Bruno Correa, or Corey, I guess is what it probably is. But uh, round one, also only 41 seconds. So two of these guys went out there like they were fighting for their lives and got a finish in under 50 seconds. So, again, it just comes out to this whole, you know, the uh, the ultimate job interview, you know, the biggest one of your life. And they go out there and they put on a show. Obviously, the finishes are looked at and held in high regard but this is where Noah is going to be segued here because it looks like so are decision victories this far through two weeks in the contender series.
0: Um. Yeah, so now that I've cleared my, my gall, like cleared the vid out of me real quick, Um. I got to find a better way to articulate myself, I think, sometimes because I don't feel good. Like last the last time we talked about contender series, I don't feel good about like, for the sake of a TV product, bashing these guys getting the biggest opportunity of their lives, you know, their lives are made. I don't like the idea of being like, well, that was a split decision, so that guy shouldn't be brought in. So all I'm going to say is, because I feel so bad about it, I'm just going to say there were good fights on here, some really good finishes. Yes. Um, And every winner got a contract two of which were split decisions. Would I have given those guys contracts if I were in Dana White's shoes? Maybe I would have, but I would... As a guy sitting on my couch eating Cheetos while I was watching it, <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't have given those guys contracts. So do with that what you will. I mean, one of the guys, the very the first bout was... Uh, his name was Chad and Onli- Onlinger. And um, he got a win over... Gafarov is what i'm going to call him because i don't know how to pronounce his <laughs> first name but that was a fight where Gaffarov was a the biggest favorite of the night yeah and Enlinger put up a really good performance it was a back and forth fight but he yeah. ultimately got a split decision and he should have won the fight in my opinion i agree i just even though he came in as a big underdog and he performed a lot better than probably people thought i think a lot of people like that Gaffarov guy and i'm sure he'll be back but did I necessarily think that that performance warranted a contract into the biggest talent pool of MMA in the UFC? Right. It was a great win, but against uh, – but you already weren't looked at. I mean, you were kind – he was brought in as like kind of a guy that's like, all right, this guy's okay, but he's probably not going to be a guy we – like really, he probably wasn't looked at as being a likely name to be brought in because he was such a big underdog. Right. However, he overperformed and Dana White was impressed, I guess, and gave him the contract. I just, I don't know. I'm I just I'm saying to the people as a TV product, and maybe I shouldn't focus on that aspect of it. It's just becoming a little watered down when every winner gets a contract. I just if every winner deserves it, that's fine. But I some of these fights aren't really contract worthy, in my opinion. It's just But again, here I go again. I'm feeling terrible about even (laughs) saying that. So at the end of the day, I need to probably watch this more as like a – I need to watch this more from like a scouting perspective, scouting for Mm -hmm. the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. I'm on there watching it. Oh, yeah, exactly. New series. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scouting just to see the next level of talent to come into the promotion. Guys that need to be on our radar, Dom. Yeah. That's what I need to switch my brain into. Not that I'm just watching like the new season of Survivor or some shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody should watch Survivor, by the way. That show's awesome.
1: My dad used to watch that show religiously. I've, been, I don't binge- know what I've
0: been binge-watching it. I'm on season seven.
1: Wow. There's a lot of seasons. Good luck with that. <laughs> There's
0: a lot of seasons. Anyways, Contender Series, I love you, even if I have my gripe so far with this season. But I think I'm going to have a mental switch and just simply enjoy the moment there you go and enjoy the fights
1: so moving forward our listeners can either roast us or praise us we'll see what happens next week
0: yeah i'm sure the, i'm sure what the listeners wanted more than anything was more positivity on this podcast right right <laughs> last bit of recapping here this is what you all waited for
1: yeah and we saved it for last you
0: thriller boxing it's back. it's
1: the highest of quality combat sport you can witness am mm-hmm. i right or what mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yep, that, that total hyperbole there, but uh, <laughs> nice. And we're just going to group the the two results that you all came here to, to hear about together. All righty. Anderson Silva knocks out Tito Ortiz in round one.
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: Vitor Belfort knocks out Evander Holyfield in round one. Thoughts off the top here? Uh, this event sucked. Did I watch mm-hmm. it? Nope. Yep. But I heard, but everything I heard about it, I was the same as all
1: other trailer cards.
0: And uh, a bit of things, okay. Hold on. Let me try to articulate my thoughts (laughs) better now because I don't want to just say, oh, this event sucks. I think everybody knows that coming into listening to this. Um, Some things in the lead up here that we missed. There was an alternate version of the broadcast that had Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. on it. And hey, look, that's a big splash for. You know, to have a former president on your broadcast. Is it a bit of a clown show to like, like, does Donald Trump really know how to talk about fights? I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, I know he's hosted a lot of them at his casinos, but I didn't really trust it. And sure enough, on his broadcast, he was calling, um, he said Anderson Silver, stuff like that. Yeah, it was not great, but you know what? I think, Uh, I was just going to say, I think Jorge Mazda.
1: I think Jorge Masvidal also made a guest appearance with him and Donald Trump Jr. So just yeah. you know, Triller somehow picks up big names. So yeah, I haven't it's seen
0: I haven't seen anything with Masvidal, but I did just see Donald Trump mispronouncing names. Look, guys, if, if you like him as a you know president politician, that's fine. I'm just simply judging off of the performance on Saturday. The commentary and that was <laughs> wasn't great, but you know that's probably a big splash for Triller. So cool, you know whatever. Then you come into these two fights. And I don't know if there was any other result that made sense here. First, you got Anderson Silva, who showed a lot of people how much he has left in the tank in terms of combat sports in his previous outing. Yep. And then he takes a huge step back. (laughs) To say the least, yes. And goes to a co-main on a trailer card against Tito Ortiz, who... You guys know I know a lot, it's it's fun, it's easy to hate on Tito nowadays, I guess. I still have a lot of respect for what he did for MMA, yes. so I'm I refuse to to hit a man while he's down. But the guy's not a striker, he's a natural wrestler, he's not a, yeah. he's never been a boxer, he's never been a good boxer at that. So you're boxing Anderson Silva, and you saw what happened. Anderson Silva gets a highlight reel, one punch knockout. Um, in the first round, and then your main event, Vitor Belfort looked like he was back on the TRT. <laughs>
1: he's looking pretty solid.
0: Uh, no accusations, but the best he's looked probably in about five or six years, I would say. The yeah. fastest he looked, and he came in there against 58 year old Evander Holyfield, who moved like a 58 year old. Who, and again, if that was just a normal 58 year old man who was walking around like that and punching like that, I would go, all right, this guy's actually doing something. This is a former heavyweight and cruiserweight champion of the world. And a guy who was not given a license to box 15 years ago, because his skills had diminished that much according to the, I want to say it was either New Jersey or New York state athletic commission. I digress this event. You guys know it sucked. You guys know this wasn't good for anybody. If there's any positive takeaway, MMA looks pretty good, I guess, coming out on top in both I bouts. You know, Anderson Silva gets a big knockout, and then Vitor Belfort gets a big knockout, I guess. Um, I think that this was a gross event for putting Evander Holyfield in this position. This guy, yeah. Florida's State Athletic Commission should be ashamed of themselves. It was hard to watch um, that main event. How, how you... This event was supposed to happen in California, and they moved it to Florida specifically so they could get clearance for the Evander Holyfield fight. You should be ashamed of yourself, Florida, for having such an inept state athletic commission that they would allow something like this to pass. It's fucking bullshit. This guy gave his life to boxing. He is not in peak physical shape. You guys need to protect him from himself at this point. and and not allow him a license to fight. He should not have been in there on Saturday, especially not against a man like Vitor Belfort who, sure, 12 years younger, not not the boxer in terms of history that Evander Holyfield is, but a man who moved like he was 10 years younger than he actually was. So basically almost at a 20-year age gap in terms of ability. This was gross. I, I don't like this event and you can say whatever you want. I know Dominic's going to maybe have a little bit of positive for Anderson Silva. Cause you know, I know you're such a big fan and that's fine. But the fact that it happened on this event, I can't, I can't give it any love. I can't, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, Triller going to be Triller here and they'll continue to do these type of circus shows. That's why we called it that on Friday. And it, you know, that main event was hard to watch and to watch that finish when the highlight popped up on Twitter just made you feel uncomfortable almost, To see, again, someone in Holyfield who gave his life to boxing, was such a huge name, did so many great things, and then go out there at 58, we saw the sparring footage going into the week, and then you see the actual fight, and you're like, man, what are are we doing? If you're Triller, why do you even want to do something like this? Uh, And then, of course, the State Athletic Commission. So the main event, man, really gross. And the co-main, I mean, yes, I love Anderson. I love seeing him get the win. I love seeing my guy still have success because if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast i wouldn't have people over at my house every saturday watching ufc yada 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 so it was great to see him still be in that form but still a legend in tito and if you love him or hate him you have to respect what he did during those very rock bottom (laughs) days for the ufc so to even see him go all like that was tough in terms of for tito for anderson obviously it's great we'll see him but again it was just such a big step back for anderson to do a fight like this against an MMA fighter who was a wrestler, never known for his striking. We knew going into this, oh, Anderson, this is made for you to just dominate. I didn't think he was going to do a one-punch knockout. That was crazy. But, uh, you know, it's just these events are this, just weird. The thriller ones, the YouTube boxing ones, and there's just – is there a market for something like this? Like, there's, there's no way that this event did goodbyes. There's no way. You can't convince me otherwise. So, I mean, yeah, I love Anderson, but I, maybe he'll go get something – legitimate next um for boxing not that Teter's not a legitimate guy but it wasn't an MMA fight so it's just so much different and for Vitor what do you do i mean he's on top of the world calling out Jake Paul both of them are calling out the Paul brothers i don't know what's going to happen it's a shit show but people talk about it people click on things about it the least we can do is give our thoughts and address the circus show that it is yeah what a way to end an um, episode. Well,
0: I, I'm I'm going to give a few more thoughts before we. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry, Dominic. I hope to, hope I'm not cutting you short. No, no, no. Your, you're when, good. Um. Yeah, I think what. <clears throat> again, we didn't watch this event, but we're just doing what any person in our shoes would do, and we're trying to find clips on Twitter we're having people who are watching it kind of send out live tweets and stuff so we're kind of following that way you know so sure can we really ju- in some ways people might say you can't really judge this event you didn't watch it well don't you can turn off this episode right now uh, yeah. fuck you <laughs> well we can judge this event if we want to and we're going to because this event was garbage i mean just from a simply a human nature standpoint there was no all This whole event, the only thought process was, can we make any money? There was no thought to the athletes involved that this was good for them. Not only Evander Holyfield. Tito Ortiz should not have been in this co-main event. And I get Tito Ortiz is in good shape. He's not, you know, at least diagnosed with any sort of serious health problems. But he was going up against one of the best strikers in MMA history as a 46-year-old wrestler. This, this is a complete mismatch. Like, why is this fight like that? Seeing him like knocked out cold in there. Like I yeah. didn't like it. I just was like, and again, I, I feel like I'm in almost like a minority. Like I saw almost people celebrating and making fun of Tito being knocked out. I'm just like, y'all are kind of goofy. <laughs> like, it's just, it's kind of goofy to be like, be like that. When a man gets kicked down, it's one thing to celebrate Anderson. Dominic did that a little bit last night. just, yeah because you know it is a big moment for him but at the end of the day like it was a much bigger moment when he beat a, a decision julio cesar chavez jr
1: i agree yeah
0: and i think the cherry on top of this being just like an actual circus was the call outs there was a guy lower on the card who called out tyson fury
1: yeah good luck getting that one yeah
0: um I don't did Anderson Silva actually call out a Paul Brother. I saw Vitor. Uh Vitor said Jake Paul winner take this 30 million or something. Yeah, Triller's
1: gonna put up 30 million. I don't know where they're gonna get that from. Uh Anderson essentially said, like, you know, let's do each Paul Brother versus me and Vitor. I, I didn't see like the whole thing, but I saw that mm. going around. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's just when you go from literally beating a former World champion boxer. Anderson could really test the waters with some of these older boxers and really go out strong worth his legacy. But, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do Paul Brothers. Let's do Anderson Silva versus Roy Jones Jr., the boxing fight. The one that got away. Back when he was yeah. the champion. 100%. Let's do uh, Vitor Belfort versus Mike Tyson. I don't know. Yeah. It's at least something. I, I don't want to see the Paul brothers going up against these guys either. I
1: love both of those options that like you said. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I would actually probably buy that if that was a card.
1: Together? Even if it was yeah. Triller.
0: Even if it was Triller. And I, I made my stance clear on Triller, but if those two fights were on a, on a boxing card, I bought, unashamed to admit it, <laughs> I bought Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., And sure, Jake Paul was the co-main on that with Nate Robinson, but I didn't really care about that. I was just Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. You know exactly. So that's what I want to see. But what what do I think is going to happen? I think you're going to see Anderson Silva box a Paul brother, Dom. Yeah, and Dominic and Dominic may quit the show if yeah yeah, I told y'all or Logan Paul gets his hand raised against Anderson Silva.
1: Yeah, as much as I don't even want to put this into the atmosphere, I did say in our group chat last night that should Anderson go out and lose to a Paul brother, I will move to Antarctica. So <laughs> I hope that uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that's enough thriller for today. I gotta go. We gotta go wash our mouths out. I know. I just feel open, dirty so. now. Yeah, but uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the MMA weekend recap. Hopefully, this was a good episode for you guys. You know, obviously, no events uh outside of i guess thriller boxing and you know we a little late talking about contender series but um so a little bit of a slow week but things are gonna be picking up as uh <clears throat> god my, my, my fucking yeah. throat doesn't fall out of my my throat's about to come out of my ass or something i don't know what's going on anyways
1: that can that happen or anyway go ahead sorry
0: you really want to know
1: uh, my <laughs> mind's racing right now.
0: <laughs> Friday, will we be back? We will be back. Oh, my
1: God. <clears throat> we will be back on Friday with an MMA weekend preview. Bellator's back. Bellator. The debut of Yoel Romero, may I add. Ooh, and I forgot about UFC. that. Yeah, I forgot Yoel, Yoel Romero. Davis, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann on the UFC card. We got some stuff to discuss.
0: Yep, Anthony Smith making his long-awaited return fight to night. <laughs> fight night headliner <laughs> i i know i've been i've been seeing it dom i've been seeing we're gonna be getting into this on friday i've been seeing a lot of spite out there for anthony smith being put in another fight night headlining role but hey man it's lying hard for you
1: oh i love the guy Let's good yes yeah,
0: so and uh until then dominic and hopefully my throat holds up for the rest of this tell yeah. the good people where they can find you on social media
1: find me On Twitter, on Instagram, at DCL14. Find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. Again, thank you all for your support for this last 13 months. We got new equipment. We're going to keep taking this thing to the next level. Content, everything. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Noah, get us on out of here, and let's go watch some NFL football.
0: Yeah, I just realized how hilarious it is that we said we were unveiling new setups. and Don't get me wrong. It's a big deal for us. But once they turn on this episode, if they're watching on YouTube, there's literally just like a little dick shaped mic just, just popping out into like just popping it out. That's the only change in the setup. Just <laughs> a little mic, a little mic just right in front of our face. And we got boom, we got red. boom arms. We got we boom, got arms, boom okay? Look, Here we go. Yeah. I I will refu- I will not move mine because I have mine in the perfect spot, but I can do that too.
1: Yeah, we're we're fancy now. That's yeah. what we're saying
0: anyways you can find me on Twitter Instagram at NT Baker underscore. Uh, if you go to the link in my bio it'll take you to a link tree that'll provide you with a list of links to all the platforms of podcasts on along with social media platforms. So that includes but it's not limited to except it kind of is Twitter Instagram YouTube channel and Spotify Google and apple podcast it's all on there baby. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple links for today's sponsor anchor. Shout out to anchor. Yep, there you go, Dom. Shout right. out. The hand clasp, per usual. Mm-hmm. First, leaving a voice message. Do it.
1: I mean, come on, people. Do it. Please. we, we Come on. Come on.
0: Do it. <laughs> Please leave us a voice message if you have a question about an upcoming fight, news story, if you just want to say hi or call us a piece of shit. But it there.
1: but do it nicely man well
0: <laughs> yeah yeah whatever you yeah want. <laughs> I, I like a little i like a little feistiness so get in there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um also there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast that just provides us with a s- small little sum of money a month all that money will go back into improving the quality of the podcast um I promise if you guys donate money we will get actual mics shaped like dicks so that way um, wait a minute <laughs> anyways but that's it we're out we'll see y'all on friday
1: (laughs) you're just gonna act like that